To get your free audio gift, The Three Pillars of Achieving Your Perfect Weight Using the Mind-Body Connection, go to healthymindfitbody.com and enter your first name and email address, and we'll send that to you right away. Welcome, everyone, to episode 28 of Healthy Mind Fit Body Podcast. This is Wes, and I am talking with Kevin on the other line. Unfortunately, he is not in Costa Rica. He got back safe and sound and uh, couldn't swing an internet cafe, eh, Kev? Buenos dias. Buenos dias. <laughs> si, amigo. <laughs> si. I learned a little bit of Spanish down there. I actually forgot most of what I learned in school, but um, you know, the, just hearing it all the time, I picked up just a few expressions like uh, cerveza. Mm-hmm. That means uh, beer. Mas cerveza, por favor. Right, right, exactly. That's just the important stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, my brain, I told this to you earlier, but my brain is still in Costa Rica. So we're dealing, we're dealing, <laughs> dealing with uh, some, a little bit of jet lag and uh, yeah, good times. Yeah, a lot of your uh, sweat is too, I hear. It was like mid-90s and the water was like 90 yeah. degrees or something. The ocean water, Pacific Ocean, 90 degrees. And yeah, outside it was hot and humid. Uh, but that was at the beach. Up in the mountains, it was it was nice, a little breeze and uh, good weather. Sure. And um, yeah, food not so good. Costa Ricans uh, they got to take some cooking lessons from their northern neighbors, the Mexicans. Mm-hmm. They uh, they don't like the spices so much in Costa Rica. No, they so, don't. They don't have like salsas and stuff, huh? No, they don't do the salsa. You have to ask for it. And a lot of the, what they cook is uh, rice and beans. That's uh, pretty standard. And Sometimes they'll tell you, you know, oh, we're going to have chicken with rice and beans. And you think it's, you know, going to be a good portion of chicken. But no, they do this kind of a chicken stew type of thing. And it's got potatoes and a bunch of other stuff. And it doesn't have a lot of flavor either. So you're just mixing together the flavorless beans and rice with the flavorless chicken. And (laughs) And chickens are kind of scarce, it seems, huh? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I had some good meals down there at, at other restaurants that were not really typical Costa Rican fare. And, um, you know, they do a decent breakfast and, um, you know, otherwise it's, it's not the worst case scenario because beans and rice are actually edible, but you don't want to just eat that because it's just carbs, right? I mean, you get a little yeah. protein beans, but... I guess for vegetarians, you know, there's that combination so they can get the uh, full spectrum of amino acids, although right. it still is kind of deficient, isn't it? Yeah, that's the thing. So, you know, I ended up spending more money just to get that protein, you know, the meat or whatever. Chase down some chickens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, their cows look different down there. Did you know that? That they have different cows in Costa Rica? Do they have floppy ears or something? They have floppy ears, but they also have horns. Horns? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They look like bulls, but they're cows. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> but you can still sexual cows. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're confused cows. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Did you know there's an exit fee? And I think most countries have this, but uh, when you leave a country, you have to pay, they call it an exit tax. Interesting. Thanks for coming. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's kind of like they kick you in the butt as you leave. So, yeah, good times. $26 down the drain, but whatever. Well, that just ensures that you will, you know, you've invested some money, so you'll probably come back, I guess. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know how that works. <laughs> yeah, I don't they, know. There's always a bureaucrat with their hand out for something, apparently. Yeah, always. So, did you see much incidence of obesity or overweightness uh, in the area, given all the rice and beans and stuff and potatoes? 
Uh, no, actually, I didn't. I, they don't do huge portions there. They actually do pretty small portions of everything they eat. Gotcha. So, yeah, I didn't see a lot of overweight people. Um, also, it's a pretty active country. There's just a ton of things to do, and they tend to keep pretty active. I mean, you know, obviously, there's beaches everywhere. And, uh, but even the people that live inland and on ranch, a pretty busy life. I mean, from what I understand, they get up at like 4 a.m. and start doing the work. And it's a family thing. You know, everybody in the family is doing it. And uh, they start doing all the work around the farm. And, I mean, they work all the way straight through to like 12 noon, 1 o'clock. And then they're pretty much done with their day. And then they have playtime and whatever else. But it is a pretty active country. So Yeah, they don't really have a lot of fast food places with the uh, no. super big gulps and all that stuff. They don't have a lot of fast food. I mean, because there's not a lot of major. I mean, San Jose is the major city. And that's where you'll see the like Subway and McDonald's and all that. But otherwise, it's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of just, what do you call them, mom and pop shops mm-hmm. or just a lot of local stores and restaurants and things. So it's, uh, yeah, it's not not going to have overwhelming portions and not as much on the uh, preservatives as we have. So Yeah. Well, glad you got back to safe and sound. Oh, yeah. Uh, the water here is a little bit chillier. I actually dove in last weekend because it was about 80 degrees here. But the water was, uh, it felt like about 59. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. And it was brisk. So, um, wouldn't recommend that for very long. Definitely takes your breath away. No, although cold water swimming, I was just reading this, that uh, swimming in cold water is actually really therapeutic. Yeah, especially for polar bears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Penguins like that, too. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> so, it's therapeutic until you get hypothermia, I suppose. Huh? Right, yeah, for short periods. It's kind of like getting sunshine. You know, you want to get a little bit of sun every day, but too much is bad. Yeah, yeah. Everything in moderation. Yeah. So we covered last week the first pillar of self-esteem from the Six Pillars of Self-Esteem by Nathaniel Brandon. And the second pillar we wanted to cover this show, which is the practice of self-acceptance. Right. And Brandon starts out this chapter by saying, without self-acceptance, self-esteem is impossible. It's so intimately bound up with self-esteem that one sometimes sees the two ideas confused, yet they are different in meaning and each needs to be understood in its own right. Whereas self-esteem is something we experience, you know, as our minds are are competent to think and judge the facts of reality and that our persons are worthy of happiness, self-acceptance is something we do. Stated in the negative, self-acceptance is my refusal to be in an adversarial relationship to myself. That's a pretty interesting way of putting it, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And uh, I actually had an experience, was it last week or two weeks ago before I left for my trip? Um, I was kind of getting all stressed out about my finances and I started to, you know, really think about it. And, and I realized that what I needed to do was to actually get the facts and then accept them. Mm-hmm. And once I did that, I wrote down all everything that I was spending my money on, everything that I was making coming in. And it wasn't so pretty, <laughs> but I felt so much better, even though what I was looking at was not so good. And it was probably as, you know, as bad as what I was imagining. Just even knowing the truth was so comforting for me. It was like, felt like it just kind of, that stress just went away. And I was like, okay, now I know what I'm dealing with and I can take the next steps. Yes, because you're not in an adversarial relationship to yourself as well as reality. You're accepting the truth now and moving on from there as opposed to a lot of the times it's real easy to just kind of like put something out of your mind and pretend it doesn't exist. And, you know, the giant elephant in the room that doesn't exist, it's not there, you know, move along, nothing to see here. Yeah. But it's creating this resistance in your mind that generates all these different feelings of anxiety and, you know, anger and depression and all these kinds of things just because you're avoiding the truth of the matter. Right. Yeah. He has the three levels, the three levels of self-acceptance, mm-hmm. which I think are worthy of going over. 
Um, the first level is to be self-accepting. It means to be on my own side, to be for myself. He says it's more primitive than self-esteem. It is a pre-rational, pre-moral act of self-affirmation, a kind of natural egoism that is the birthright of every human being, and yet we have the power to act against and nullify. Mm -hmm. Some people are self-rejecting at so deep a level that no growth work can even begin until and unless this problem is addressed. And so he's kind of, you know, addressing it from a psychotherapeutic or a counseling perspective. Yeah. That people really need to drill down and find out where all that resistance is coming from. Right. And, and this is an important point. He says toward that section, after we have endured years of abuse and humiliation, it can fling us finally into shouting no. When all we want to do is lie down and die, it can impel us to keep moving. It is the voice of the life force. It is selfishness in the noblest meaning of the word. If it goes silent, self-esteem is the first casualty. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we go back to the sentence stems. I mean, to get to all that, you really need to drill down with sentence stems or something to get access to what that humiliation was or what it is that you're kind of putting aside. And only then can you accept it. Yeah, that was a component I put in in the seven-day program we have at the end of our book, Healthy Mind, Fit Body, because it is so important to the self-acceptance aspect. And Brandon himself has a bunch of stems in here towards the end of the chapter saying that of all the different pillars, of all the six pillars, this one seems to require the most work because it's so easy to just reject what one is feeling and, you know, a whole lot of antagonistic sort of uh, behavior that happens as a result of that. Like the self-conflicts that constantly crop up in this process of, you know, having a healthy mind fit body, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the second level, self-acceptance entails our willingness to experience, that is to make real to ourselves without denial or evasion, that we think what we think, feel what we feel, desire what we desire, have done what we have done, and are what we are. It is the refusal to regard any part of ourselves, our bodies, our emotions, our thoughts, our actions, our dreams, as alien, as, quote, not me. It is our willingness to experience rather than to disown Whatever may be the facts of our being at a particular moment, to think our thoughts, own our feelings, be present to the reality of our behavior. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so being present to the reality of our behavior, that really bears on you know our eating habits, doesn't it? Yeah, completely. Because unless we acknowledge what we're doing to our bodies as we're eating the wrong foods or not paying attention to our own signals or bodily signals and striving to better ourselves, if we don't do all that, then we're never going to get to where we want to be. He relates this in later in this particular section with a client who basically said, how do you expect me to accept my abysmally low level of self-esteem? She demanded indignantly, if you do not accept the reality of where you are now, Nathaniel answered, how do you imagine you can begin to change? To understand this point, we must remind ourselves that accepting does not necessarily mean liking, enjoying, or condoning. I can accept what is and be determined to evolve from there. It is not acceptance but denial that leaves me stuck. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and that's where I think a lot of people get hung up on is that you don't like something, so you don't want to accept it. It's like, I don't want to be, whatever, fat. You know, I, I, I can't accept that. It's unacceptable. You hear people say that all the time. That's unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Well, that's where people are missing the point here is that if you actually live that, that things are unacceptable, then you won't be able to move past them. Mm -hmm. If you're poor and uh, it's not acceptable for you to be poor, then you'll never become rich because you're never going to you know, get out of that state because you haven't accepted 
where you are. Yeah, those basic facts of your reality. Yeah. So the third level, self-acceptance entails the idea of compassion, of being a friend to yourself. And that's so key because, again, it's about dropping the adversarial relationship to those parts of self that you don't like so much or that you want to deny. Right. And it says, accepting compassionate interest does not encourage undesired behavior, but reduces the likelihood of it recurring. Mm -hmm. So there's an exercise that I mentioned in a previous podcast, but we've discussed this idea in previous shows about accepting your body image, your self-image, your actual physical image in a mirror. And Brandon has a pretty profound exercise that he walks people through to become more accepting of themselves so that they can move on from where they are right now. And he wrote, By way of introducing clients to the idea of self-acceptance, I often like to begin with a simple exercise. It can offer a profound learning experience. Basically, stand in front of a full-length mirror and look at your face and body. Notice your feelings as you do so. I am asking you to focus not on your clothes or your makeup, but on you. Notice if this is difficult or makes you uncomfortable. It is good to do this exercise naked. You will probably like some parts of what you see more than others. If you are like most people, you will find some parts difficult to look at for long because they agitate or displease you. In your eyes, there may be a pain you do not want to confront. Perhaps you are too fat or too thin. Perhaps there is some aspect of your body you so dislike that you can hardly bear to keep looking at it. Perhaps you see signs of age and cannot bear to stay connected with the thoughts and emotions these signs evoke. So the impulse is to escape, to flee from awareness, to reject, to deny, disown aspects of yourself. Still, as an experiment, I ask you to stay focused on your image in the mirror a few moments longer and say to yourself, Whatever my defects or imperfections, I accept myself unreservedly and completely. Stay focused, breathe deeply, and say this over and over again for a minute or two without rushing the process. Allow yourself to experience fully the meaning of your words. You may find yourself protesting, but I don't like certain things about my body, so how can I accept them unreservedly and completely? But remember, accepting does not necessarily mean liking. Accepting does not mean we cannot imagine or wish for changes or improvements. It means experiencing without denial or avoidance that a fact is a fact. In this case, it means accepting that the face and body in the mirror are your face and body, and that they are what they are. If you persist, if you surrender to the reality of what is, if you surrender to awareness, which is what accepting ultimately means, you may notice that you have begun to relax a bit, and perhaps feel more comfortable with yourself and more real. Even though you may not like or enjoy everything you see when you look in the mirror, you are still able to say, right now, that's me, and I don't deny the fact. I accept it. That is respect for reality. Yeah, that's great stuff. And I've done this, and I think that it's so important to do this before, especially with weight loss, but with anything, any kind of change you want to make with yourself. Of this book, of the Six Pillars of Self-Esteem, I think this is the most important exercise you can do. And if you don't have a lot of time, it's only one or two minutes a day. Mm-hmm. You know, Think about doing it for two weeks just do it for two weeks straight 
and see what happens. Just see how you feel after that. And if you're liking it, I mean, you could just incorporate it in your daily routine or you could just do it, you know, maybe a couple of times a week sure. where, uh, you know, it'll really, it'll really get you off to the right start here. If you're trying to kickstart a weight loss program or another change in your life, I'd say this is a huge thing to do. Mm-hmm. Because it's really connecting with those emotions that you've kind of avoided or pushed aside or not wanted to acknowledge and to stay in the moment and stay with them and connect with them is giving those parts of you a voice so that then there's no more resistance anymore. There's no more emotions in the back of your mind nagging at you for whatever reason because you're becoming aligned with yourself. So that's a great thing. Basically coming more to terms with your emotions than you ever have before and staying in the moment and being closer to yourself. And Later in the chapter, he has an experiment that he says he finds it useful to invite clients to do the following exercise by way of deepening their understanding of self-acceptance. Take a few minutes to contemplate some feeling or emotion of yours that is not easy for you to face. Insecurity, pain, envy, rage, sorrow, humiliation, fear. When you isolate the feeling, see if you can bring it into clearer focus perhaps by thinking of or imagining whatever typically evokes it. Then breathe into the feeling, which means focus on the feeling while imagining you are directing the flow of air to it and then from it. Imagine what it would feel like not to resist this feeling, but to accept it fully. Explore that experience. Take your time. Practice saying to yourself, I am now feeling such and such, whatever the feeling is, and I accept it fully. At first, this may be difficult. You may find that you tense your body in protest, but persevere, concentrate on your breathing, think of giving your muscles permission to let go of their tension, and remind yourself, a fact is a fact, that which is, is. If the feeling exists, it exists. Keep contemplating the feeling. Think of allowing the feeling to be there, rather than trying to wish or will it out of existence. You may find it useful, as I have, to tell yourself, I am now exploring the world of fear or pain or envy or confusion or whatever. Welcome to the practice of self-acceptance. Yeah, that's uh, really great stuff. Now, we could probably go on a little longer, but I think it's just one more point that I wanted to cover from this chapter was just the when self-acceptance feels impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one, I think, is really common because it's not an easy thing to do. So if you feel like you can't accept it, there's no way you can accept it then you just go to the next step. So he says, uh, when we fight a block, it grows stronger. When we acknowledge experience and accept it, it begins to melt. So if you can accept the resistance to the feeling, Mm -hmm. then you can probably get there. If you can't accept that resistance, then you accept the resistance to the resistance. Yes. And it's kind of sounds kind of funny, but it actually makes a lot of sense. Um, If you, if you do this exercise, and you get to that block point, then um, just go for that next level, and eventually you'll get there. Mm-hmm. And you just keep peeling that onion, basically, yeah. and coming to terms with the levels of your resistance, right? And breaking right. through all those things. And there is a paradox, he notes, acceptance of what is is the precondition of change, and denial of what is leaves me stuck in it. So, again, he's got some stems here that are somewhat similar to the ones I put in our program, but... Um, It's really important to delve into this because without self-acceptance, there's not going to be the sort of commitment to honoring yourself that you would have otherwise. Yep. So that wraps this one up. 
Yeah, to get on our newsletter and to download the three pillars of achieving your perfect weight through the mind-body connection, just go to healthymindfitbody.com and put in your name and email in the upper right. And we also have a little video for you guys to check out. Yeah, and feel free to comment uh, after the show notes or on the blog and so forth to uh, give us your questions and comments. I always love to hear your stories, what's going on in your life regarding these issues. Shoot us an email, we'll talk about it on the show possibly, or we'll just respond to you. So finally, we should also mention that we have a special going on with our book and audiobook and so forth this month in April. Right, Kev? Yeah, yeah. We're going to have a spring sale. So we're going to knock $10 off of the complete package. That includes the audiobook for Healthy Mind Fit Body, our book. That's the audiobook. And then so that you get an MP3 file to download. And then uh, also you get the ebook with that and a bonus MP3. And that's uh, how to not drift off course. Yeah, how to stay on track, basically. Stay on track. So you get the, all those items, and instead of $47, it's going to be $37 for the month of April. So if you can get your order in before the end of the month, you can get all that for $37. Yeah, pretty good deal. And there's also a bonus video that I did talking about the uh, seven benefits for exploring yourself psychologically and attaining an optimal, healthy mindset as you go through the weight loss process. Right. So it basically goes back to the self-esteem issues that we've been exploring these last few podcasts. Yeah. So if you want to take advantage of that, just go to healthymindfitbody.com and there's a link. There's actually a couple links to the book and then you can just uh, click through and uh, it's really easy. You can also order just the ebook for $19.97, but I think this is a much better deal just getting the whole thing overall. Yeah. It's nice to have those MP3s. That's a real handy way to integrate all that good information. No doubt. So I think that wraps this one up. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Take care.